Hello and welcome to another Root and Tootin' episode of Boys Gone Wild. Uh, this is a special episode, as all are, because we've got new lights in. I've been using natural light for most of Boys Gone Wild and it's looked like utter shite. And now it looks proper profesh. You're watching this. If you're on YouTube, put it to 4K. You'll see that both me and Andrew are not amazing at taking care of ourselves. Uh, there's going to be some blackheads on show. From the last episode that I, you know, I was very happy with, but uh, I do think as these things you'll learn as we move on, I think I did touch too much on uh, Andrew's alcohol problem. I thought uh, I, I really hammered the point home and I don't want to talk about it again. But um, this, we're shooting this during Andrew's week off and we were meant to shoot this kind of early in the week, but uh, he's been hung over. He's hung over today. He was drunk today. And the reason we're shooting this later in the day is because... Um, Andrew hit the bottle again when he knew we were shooting this. He was up till four in the morning last night. And I think it is quite irresponsible that he do, he gives so much more commitment to his job at fucking, can't say it, uh, an unnamed banking corporation than he does for a, 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 a podcast with at least four people subscribed to the Patreon. You know, that's a growing number. That's cash rolling in. And he's choosing actively to disregard that. It's unprofessional and it's disrespectful to my listeners, the, the fans of the, not my fans, the fans of the podcast, um, and himself. Um, but a good little uh, factoid is that throughout my relationship with Andrew, uh, we've often had to wake up early to shoot things. He's often stayed up later than me drinking on his own. And many times, it was like a weird deja vu because I haven't lived with Andrew for a while. Uh, I had to go down in the morning and check the Jack Daniels bottle. And it's like a little meter of what, Andrew, you're going to get today. Uh, if it's like at the top, it's workable. Middle, you know, there's going to, you don't know. If it's near the bottom, it's a tough day. Today, it was in the middle. It was only half of the Jack Daniels bottle was gone. So I think there's something to work with. Uh, am I right, Andrew? I wanted to film yesterday. I was ready to do this podcast yesterday, but Horatio comes downstairs in the morning suggesting, declaring that he needs to go and get his penis checked. Not my penis. It my was his well, penis. Yeah, it was he need, you needed to go and get your penis touched by your girlfriend's father. Yeah, well, if you say it like that, it sounds a lot weirder. She, well, it he is, is weird. He is a, he is a doctor. Um, but yes. It helps. It's yeah, a, I mean, it's a I, mean I've been, I need to get this shit checked out for a long time. I've been it, saying for a couple of years. Yeah, I guess. We, <sighs> I think you just quickly explain what's happening. I mean, it's weird. It's insane. It's a medical... It's a marvel. It's a medical mystery. Between two and three years, I can't really remember when it started. But basically... See, this is annoying. I didn't want to talk about your alcoholism. That's how I opened the show. And I don't want to talk smut. But a lot I'm now... Of, a lot this is going to be a 10-minute segment of me talking about my... Not even my cock and balls, which is silly and fun. My bladder. No, because this Bladder is... is not a fun... Bladder's not silly. Well, given the results of, of yesterday's... You don't draw bladders in a school textbook. You well, know? G given the results of yesterday's uh, checkup, it's, yeah. it's more of a... It's, a, it's, a me it's of medical interest rather than smut now. Okay. It is now becoming uh, something. All right, fine. Is so this is okay. If, if people who are, because a lot of my fans, you know, they're not used to this much smut. So I think this counts as of medical interest. And if any other doctors are out there, I would like some help. This is but a plea for help. Yeah, this is anything. a plea for help. I, I need to. I need to press on my bladder when I piss. Does it's, anyone else have that? No. Is one. that just me? No one has that. I, I have to push like this, like I'm an old man. Can you? How firmly so do you I, have I to push? I push with, with, with like these two fingers. I push firmly. Two fingers. Depends. It depends because it varies. Not always, but most of the time I have to push when I urinate. And it started and I thought that was a bit weird. I started getting it checked out about a year and a half ago. I've gone to six, maybe seven different doctors and all they've ever done is, uh, we could be this, take these pills, come back in a month. Come back in a month, nothing's happened. I've had three fingers up my ass to check. They've checked everything. You know what? Uh, what I've learned from this is that I'm remarkably healthy in many ways because every single measurable metric, I'm banging it out of the park. My blood's good. My piss is good. Um, my, but it's my not. My prostate's good. But clearly, good. something's wrong. There because, is something wrong. Yeah. I've had two ultrasounds. Two years. Two ultrasounds because they did one just to check they hadn't missed anything. You know, when they get the, the jelly and they see what's going on down there into my bladder. Afterwards, he was like, what are you in here for again? I was like, my, my bladder. The fact that you like, your bladder's great. What are you talking about? I'm pushing my bladder to piss. For two years. 
How many pisses did you say? 80% of, 80% uh, uh, of weeds? You're, you're getting a bit focused on the percentage. It doesn't really work like that. But it feels it's, like it. it. I it can get be uncomfortable knowing the fact that we live together and every time you go for a wee, you're pushing on your bladder in order to get it out. Why are you uncomfortable? Because you're, you're concerned for my like, health. I, I, I am concerned for yeah, your health. And I, I hope have, it's that. I have been. But I, don't, it, I don't like this but medical I also, shaming. But I also don't like the idea of you being in the bathroom pushing, pushing on your bladder every time you go for that's, a wee. That, that's a bit of shaming, It's not the kind of house I want to live That's a little bit of shaming. Medical shaming. I'm doing a serious... I don't talk about your acid reflux, do I? Well, that's a different, that's a lot more of a bit, that's a bigger medical you're issue than it is. fucking acid reflux, disgusting. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's less of a visceral image of me lying in bed salivating aggressively. What is acid reflux again? Um, it's just, I just, you just get a lot of saliva. So you look at, he's, back, he's on, the, on the ropes now, he didn't expect this to go like that. I did, I was, <laughs> acid reflux isn't on the planner, actually. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready for this. Um, acid reflux is uh, the experiences. You can feel a, a strong buildup. It feels like saliva coming up into your mouth, and it's like a, a strong burning pain in your throat. Weirdly, when I Disgusting. talk about it, I feel it. I'm Disgusting. getting it right now. Repulsive. I'm getting it right now. Yeah, it makes me feel uncomfortable. But back to the back to the fact that you have dribbly to push. Boy, dribbly Drew. Back to the fact <laughs> that you have to push on your bladder every time you go for a wee. Yeah. What? So what did what did your girlfriend so this, dad this say is, this time? This is what's a bit surreal about my relationship with my girlfriend and her family now. Uh, I don't know many people who who this early into a relationship have had um, the Their girlfriend's father fondle, fondle, fondle my cock. I don't. It's kind of it's Messaging. kind of strange to think about. It, but the, the the fact is, no matter the context. My girlfriend's dad has fondled my cock. But where did you you mentioned yesterday that you you drew the line at some point? Yeah. Where did you draw the line? Well, what do you mean draw the line? Oh yeah, I drew the line because we we basically I went there because uh, I have recently moved to East London and I had no time to set up a doctor's and I was it was getting I was getting sick of it. My girlfriend was getting worried. She was like, just go to my dad's in Harrow, hour and 10 minutes there, not in fucking London. It Those are a, the worst kind of journeys when you're you're traveling a long way. And yeah, what, to journey. get your girlfriend's dad to fondle your cock? Yeah, those are the worst those kind of journeys. Those are the worst yeah. kind of journeys. Nightmare journey. Yeah. Um, and I got there and we had general small talk. He's a very good doctor. Um, uh, he fondled me cock. Uh, I gave him a vial of my piss. He took three vials worth of my blood. Uh, and then um, after we'd done everything and he was like, oh, it's all pretty good. Um, he was like, I assume you've had your prostate check. And I was like, yes, I have. I was like, let's leave it there. That was where we were like, but it, it was close. He could have easily done it. The main point of this is the fact that it's still a mystery, even uh, even to this day. As I say, it's been going on for two years. And uh, yeah. I am as concerned about your health as I am fascinated about the answer mm. to what the fuck is happening. So if there's any doctors out there who are listening to Boys Gone Wild. To be honest, I, I've spoken to the best urologist, which is like a bladder specialist in London. Like it's genuinely, I thought I had a bad doctor. They're all stumped. I, I had a bad doctor. So I told uh, my girlfriend's dad, oh, I, I think it was just a bit of a bad doctor. What's his name? Told him and he goes, that's the best urologist in London. He's taking a look and he's just like, and that's not a title you like they suggest things like he goes it could be irritable bladder syndrome but the way he's just making up it's just like yeah yeah i don't know i've got loads of shit thrown at me but Um, you you, yeah it must be quite a stressful situation to have to to push on your bladder every time you go for a a wee it's more and then go to doctors who then make up words to try and 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 are just essentially stumped by the fact of what is happening I must guess be quite it disconcerting. It, has it affected you in everyday life? Yeah, it definitely has. Um, what's 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 it changed about? It's you? just annoying. I have to go for a. Uh, I can't like go too long without a piss. It's a bit of a nightmare. But it's, it's not the less... most profound change. But <laughs> but um, I think um, the the thing is, it's not so much viewing it as like having a stressful life. It's the new normal. You know? Yeah, that's very much how it feels. But then, has has it taught you anything? Have you changed in your character from, um, from going through this troubling time? Me, I guess what what is really tough is that I have to press my bladder to urinate. Quite Again, a bit. you're just saying the symptoms at the moment, but yeah. But if there's if I can hear anyone talking outside the toilet, oh yeah, or if I'm urinating in public and there's another guy next to me, yeah. I genuinely can't do it. Yeah. And I've had many Stage a time fright. that I've been in a you know pub urinal pressing on my He's bladder. He's always there. And then some geezer behind me will be like, oh, 
it looks like you're bloody wanking, mate. And like this happened like lots of times because from the back. Uh, yeah, I think you could do it. Just crouch down a bit. Look, so I'll be pushing like that. The, the, that the important thing here is the it, arm motion. Does that look like wanking? That probably does. It absolutely would. Um, I'm sure it does. So it's a very fair question yeah, from the man No, but it's them. not fair for a stranger to say to another stranger. I don't think that's... Well, if they think you are. No, but it's kind of jovial. And then I turn around and explain in detail. I always explain in detail. It is don't let them le Don't let them leave the oh, bathroom. Oh, it's so good because they're the big kind of geezerish smile. I've had like big, like, like tough geezers going like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, and like completely, I win every time because I go into detail. Think before you make a joke in the, in the urinal. Mm -hmm. That's all I'd say. This is a men's health podcast. I forgot to really hammer that home but oh yeah this is a men's mental and physical health podcast yeah so that's why so there's a bit of smart yeah, but of it's smart. also because we're we're, we're engaging in the mm. smart we're you know we're talking about the issues that might be there might be the silent killers out there anybody else with irritable bladder syndrome comment below but yeah so what's happening in the news i don't really know much about this story but this is the boy gone wild this week uh harry Maguire. harry Maguire is the is the boy gone wild this week yeah that's you the, the one thing i knew well, there he was the boy gone wild this week. <laughs> this the one thing well, are you asking me for new information? Yeah, because you know the re you've done the research. I have done some research. About yeah, so Harry what actually Maguire. happened? This is what people are here for. Harry Maguire was in Greece. Yep. On a holiday. <laughs> it's the. Give Sorry, me a okay, moment. All right, all right, Jesus all right, all right, Christ. All right, all right, all right. Harry Maguire was in Greece yeah. for his for his holiday. The football season is off for the moment. He's Max and relaxing in. Is it Mykonos? I presume it's yeah, Mykonos. Let's go. For you it. know, just um, um, getting his Z's in. Um, but he then, he's been on holiday with his brother and his friend, I think his girlfriend as well. And nice. he was then out. Naughty. Out at a club. Mm -hmm. And then there was an altercation with the police, essentially. It's kind of unclear how that altercation, yeah. altercation came about. Yeah. Um, but I think, so, there is reports that someone injected his sister with a rape substance. Not injected. Injected. That's wild. So not, it wasn't even like slipping into a drink. No, no. Apparently, yeah, it's injected. The word that is being used is injected. Because if I was uh, a date rapist, that would not be my, my court of action. Going around <laughs> with a needle, I think, gives it, the game away. It really wouldn't. And I don't get how there's this uh, kind of confusion whether or not she was injected with something. Yeah, that should be pretty... It should be pretty obvious. The, the guy with the needle, it's... It's <laughs> like... Well, well, did what he, was it that dude? <laughs> did, did he do it? I mean, there'll be a needle prick and everything. Yeah. But So there was an altercation that happened between him and uh, some other some other fellas. Sure. I, I think locals, maybe not. Don't mm. hold me to that. Um, then the police got involved and then uh, he's been charged after this. All, it's all about the altercation with the police. Yeah. So he's been charged with verbal assault, physical assault and bribery. Wow. Because during it, he was essentially, um, it was, it was, there was a bit of fisticuffs, a bit of pushy shovey kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, but then he said, do you know who I am? I am the captain of Manchester United. I am very rich. I can give you money. <laughs> I can pay you. Please let us go. <laughs> so I love, there's a lot of bravado at the start yeah, of that yeah, sentence yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah. But please let me go. <laughs> yeah. um, I am the captain of Manchester United. I am the captain of Manchester United. Please, please let me go. <laughs> um, so then he was arrested, brought back into, into the police station, mm. which is my favourite part of the story, actually, because apparently one of the officers kicked him and said, your career is over. Really, that's kicked, him in, kicked him in the leg. I like to think he thought he was actually going to injure him forever yeah. or just give him but shin yeah. splints and yeah. said, you'll never play football again. Not because of the not because of the fact he's been arrested, because of that kick. <laughs> <laughs> the two are the two are mutually exclusive. You're gonna related. be on you're gonna be in the injury room for another two years. Two years, mate, with this kick, with this boot. Take this, a broken fibia, that's two years out. Um, <laughs> he didn't even know he was arrested. He just <laughs> He's just, an, just a Chelsea just fan. Just a Chelsea fan. Uh, for people who don't like football, uh, Harry Maguire's England and Man United captain. Uh, maybe not England, but he's a big, he's he's a big defender. He was dropped from the England head. squad because of this. Yeah. Which is fair. That's it a lot fair. of fun. You've got to. You've got to. If you're Gareth, you're going to have to do that. Uh, he's got a big fat head and he scored. He's got the largest head in, in football. Yeah, but it, it was a famous head. What adds a bit of context to this story is that his big fat head was uh, a big part of English culture for uh, the great summer of 2018 that we all remember when football was coming home. Uh, a lot of the reason why football so nearly came home was because of the Harry Maguire's big Maguire's fat head. slab head. Because during that whole World Cup, uh, we did much better than we normally do. And the reason was, is that we got um, all of the biggest headed people in football. Yep. And the way we scored for, I know it might be boring if you don't like football, is that we'd have set pieces where we'd do corners and free kicks. We'd just put it into the box and then we'd have like four of the biggest headed footballers in the whole of the world running in, trying to head it in the goal. And honestly, 
we've been passed out of the park for all of the World Cups. The, the story is Spanish, French, Germans just outplay us. They are much more exotic. They, they understand the game. They're constantly developing. We're behind. And the reason why we finally did well in a World Cup is because we played to our strengths, which is big fat heads that they just weren't ready to deal with. It, we were, everyone was terrified whenever he had a corner because we had fucking Harry Maguire's big fat head. Football is no longer about skill, it's about surface area. <laughs> this, is what really, this is what the science is coming back. You Abs- know? Absolutely. <laughs> um, and Harry Maguire is the biggest bastion of the surface area of the man's forehead and general skull. Yeah. Um, but uh, nonetheless, the big-headed man was put in jail in, in, in Greek, in a Greek prison, mm. probably overnight. Um, and, but he's been sentenced to 13 months in prison, in a Greek jail. It's insane. So it's delayed for three years because in, in the Greek system, if it's your first offence, your, your, your sentence gets suspended automatically for three years, yeah. which means he's obviously not going to serve 13 months in a Greek prison. Yeah, yeah. It would be fantastic if he had to. You can join gangs in prison. What gang would Harry Maguire be a part? Is it like is he a, is he a white um, a white nationalist? Is he a, a skinhead? Is he part I of think, the, the Latino I think, kind of? I wonder if cartel vibe. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, if you were in prison, it is it does seem like um, no matter how much racial progress there seems to be happening in general, prisons seem to be pretty still racially segregated. And if we did go to prison, we yeah. would join the white gang. It wouldn't be like I don't think you would. I think all of the kind of liberal sort of like, this is absurd. I think you'd, you'd just for pure safety, you'd have to join the white gang, wouldn't you? I guess so. I, or do you think you'd like to like, be like the cool white guy in the Latinos? There's no such thing as the cool white guy <laughs> in, in just <laughs> in doing, doing his own thing. Yeah. Um, no, I think I'd, I'd really, I, I really wouldn't cope in prison. Uh, no, absolutely not. Why not? Because um, I, I mean, most, most, I don't know people who thrive, but <laughs> there's, well, there's, why you do you think you wouldn't cope more than most? Um, I, it's not more than most. Maybe I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about it in, in, in terms of if I, it, but ima- imagine the moment where you are, you, you're going to be here, you're in prison for, for, for three years sure. or something. Because what would I get in prison for? It would probably be a misdemeanor. No, it'd be, it'd be white collar crime. White collar crime. Oh, okay. like subverting the banking system. <laughs> yeah, it'd be something like that. For personal gain. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of, again, that's the worst. Because there's lo- there must be loads of like pretty rich white yeah, yeah, men yeah, yeah, yeah. in prison who have done something like that. Corruption the same thing as like uh, exactly thug, thugs and they, must, the they thugs. must have a, they must have a horrible time in there yeah i mean i think mine would be a misdemeanor it would be some sort of um public ex public yeah you, you, you urinate a lot in public you, I've, I've been caught twice publicly urinating by the police it would be something like that for sure and it would only really but maybe there's a bit of there's a bit of street cred in that yeah I would say so, but I think it's the no, only reason you could not. ever get locked away for pissing the street would be if you did it somewhere like Greece, because it seems like there's yeah. if you're doing it abroad. Yeah, they seem to be very unhappy with any kind. Well, it's the whole thing about the English English people coming over. People hate everyone hates English people, particularly English In tourists. Europe, yeah. English tourists are the worst kind of uh, people. But f- for the for the Greek authorities or any authorities, they absolutely hate them. Yeah, of course. And I understand. Course. Yeah, completely. We're the worst. We are just terrible abroad. We've got this island mentality. Um, but I do think that um, Brits abroad and Harry Maguire is a great example of this. It is the last vestige of the great uh, English tradition of uh, fucking up other countries. And like, so like we we've been doing that for years, and we we do do it. Um, lots of countries have fucked up other countries. That's like a thing that happens throughout history. But we really have, we really near the end of kind of that period, we really perfected it in a sense that we... So something like 25% of the world's Yeah, 25% mass. of the world, but it's more that we like, like um, there's loads of empires, Roman Empire, Persian Empire, they, they all fuck up other countries for their own gain. But we got on boats and just went, all like places that you'd we never went, we went ham Australia Australia we didn't thought oh there's no way they're going to get us here no go on a boat fuck that country up no, like yeah. we got them that is a great English tradition and now that we're sort of like um, blunt on the world stage it's kind of post World War 2 we're sort mm. of trying to refining our identity which is like we're no longer this world which is why it's quite funny both. Being in the UK now is because we're stuck at this awkward point. We're not like Finland or Sweden who have like kind of been not that present on the world stage so they can accept their identities. That we're still sort of caught between this idea that we're a world power, even though mm. we're not. So it's this mm. awkward transition stage. Uh, I, I see the Harry Maguire story coming from the same historical development as Brexit. Did. For sure. 
it's it's we're we're struggling with our sense of, of loss of power on the world stage take back control take back control send harry Maguire to greece and get, him, <laughs> get him to a verbally assault and, and, and bribe a police officer yeah um he's he's one of the great he's one of the great like last colonialists I he's think. a soldier yeah he's a soldier in the because that's soldier. all we have left is that we go um to fucking spain I make it just a bit difficult. Uh, we just make it upsetting. We we would like the the real uh, Monday English colonialism is those kind of English settlements on the Spanish coast with oh, like yeah. racist Brexiteers. Like, well, Benidorm and yeah, yeah, yeah. Who like have towns where it's like pubs, yeah. bowls. Uh, they don't eat the food because and a they British, just like the there's sun. There's a British obsession with going to another country only to ingest the same culture. Yeah, and and an up <laughs> and an uproar when there isn't the British culture there to digest. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 100%. So then we just build our own towns there. Yeah, yeah, and it's almost like furious that they don't speak the language. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's just the sun. It's just the sun. Because what is weird about um, Brits abroad, which I, I don't see as much in other countries, is that um, there's not a gen there's genuinely not a huge amount of English pride. I don't think there is. If you go to like even Greece stuff, the Greeks, Spanish, they're proud of being Greek and Spanish. We're not proud. We don't like being English. We're not proud of being English, but we think we're better than everyone else, which is a different, it's a weird thing a where we're like, we're not patriotic in the sense that we're the best, you know, it's not like Americans who are like, we're But that's the Americans. That's the historical power thing. Yeah. Is we're like, we oh, remember there's something, there's something in our historical <laughs> yeah. memory of us being the most powerful, but now we're fully aware of the fact that we were horrible yeah. with it. So there's a hangover of, of feeling it's like, like muscle memory it's muscle memory <laughs> yeah. of, of feeling like people feeling like yeah. we should be the ones in charge but are fully conscious of the fact that when we were in charge we were absolute dickheads about yeah it. so like what's funny about like expats in spain and brits abroad in general is you speak to about england they'll describe it as a shithole yeah and i don't think any other country does that like even i don't even think england's that much of a shithole but i think weirdly it's part of english culture to like hate your country in a weird way like i don't think you don't go to a lot of people and like they'll talk about their homeland even if it's going through a lot of stuff they wouldn't describe it as a shithole they'd be supportive of it we'd be like oh it's a shithole it always rains the food's crap like all of this oh it's so unexotic and then we'll go somewhere else and we'll be like yeah we're still better than everyone else oh absolutely <laughs> absolutely it's we almost hate the land we live on but but love the the this fake culture that we've developed on it or we hate the land we live on but we hate it less than every other land yeah <laughs> it's true but then and then try and recreate that land yeah. in different countries because there, it's a self-flagellation yeah, yeah 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 it's a self-flagellation thing um yeah should we should we get we'll, we'll get back onto some topics with sure. with, with Maguire. um so the fun <clears throat> With Harry Maguire being the soldier, he's the thing is he's essentially because as as a footballer he's just he's just a he's a geezer who's he's bloody he's a, he's a good, bloody geezer. good at football, um, mm. but oh, yeah, but he's then gone he's then got into a classic English altercation of yeah. being a bit being rowdy, getting drunk yeah. getting rowdy getting in with the you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do, having an altercation with the police, but then he gets the top Greek human rights lawyer <laughs> in order to defend him at the trial. And he, uh, the human rights lawyer, uh, this has become, this is going to become a human rights issue. Yeah. No, it's not. He was a dickhead and was was verbally assaulted and physically, I think, assaulted a police officer. Yeah. And then uh, how how what's the human right aspect to that? That's the it. It perfectly sums up the English dichotomy of being like thugs scumbag but passionately but reserving our right to do it <laughs> yeah. so he then did an instagram post which i think again there's a couple of things that are my favorite parts of this story oh yeah he did his instagram post to me this morning he said what did he say he did an instagram post which had the caption three things cannot be hidden the sun <laughs> the moon and the truth <laughs> Yeah. I like to think who, who, that post is mostly about the sun and the moon. Yeah, for sure. It's, oh, yeah, the truth, I guess. So. Oh, the truth, I guess. Yeah, but but the, you can't hide the sun is, and the moon. Oh, it's a, oh, yeah, the Greek thing. Yeah, cool. But mainly, I think it's just important. <laughs> I get I'm in trouble with the Greek <laughs> officials, but the sun and the moon, you can't, you can't hide them. They're always there. It's important to remember. It is important to remember. Who, He's just reminding who was, us. Who was he quoting? Uh, it was like a Buddhist proverb. Really? Yeah. So do you think, I love the idea that when they wrote that, uh, the last thing they could ever imagine was Slabhead Harry <laughs> using that as the truth being. On Instagram that. to defend himself because he tried <laughs> to bribe a Greek official. <laughs> it's definitely not the intended purpose of the of the line. I don't know. See, there's part of me, uh, and maybe this is kind of uh, bad, but there is, as much as I agree with everything I've said about how it's kind of appalling and stuff, there is a small part of me, and it also happened during Brexit, where is a little bit like there's a tiny bit I respect it 
just the pure fuck offery of a of a lot of this kind of modern Britain where we like for example Brexit. It's like every uh, expert in the world was saying it was a terrible decision. Mm. We're like bankrupt as a country. We can't afford to do stuff like it's this. It's ballsy. And it's just something ballsy. just like, fuck yeah, off. Fuck off. Fuck off. You economic experts and Greek police officials. We know there what we're is doing. something weirdly... Um, like respect admirable admirable there's, there's, there's an, something weird because there's there is a there's an admiration of fucking up so grandly <laughs> but doing it in style as in not giving a fuck just not giving a not fuck. giving a fuck about it <laughs> yeah and i think this is what i think this is our lifetime of britain is we're now living with the the absolute not the yeah. the 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 admiration of not giving a fuck about the decisions that we're making, and then I think our children will then be living with the consequences. But of that, that there's something weirdly admirable about that. I don't know. It's just like that short-term thinking that is exactly. Yeah. Well, it it is. It, it's so brazenly obvious that we're making the wrong decisions, but we do these decisions <laughs> with such passion. Because it go it goes historically. It does go like Henry the Eighth, uh, the break from Rome. He was the, one of the what the, a big fuck off! Like once again, probably, you have to you, you have, have to, to admire respect, you yeah. have to admire changing an entire country's religion <laughs> so he can get a divorce. So he can get a divorce. <laughs> he demolished all of the monasteries. Like <laughs> he lost in, he lost interest in a woman, and now we're all Protestants. <laughs> it's it is a, it's a top moment in history, yeah. and it's it's, a, it's Harry Maguire's Greek episode. It's a continuation of the Henry the Eighth attitude. It's a great British tradition, you know. It, it it's really, like the pub. It's like <laughs> cricket. It is a, one of the great British traditions. It really is going to another country and fucking shit up and yeah. just. Uh, but not. Uh, but then <laughs> vehemently defending it whilst <laughs> chucking in a Buddhist proverb to s- s- with some sense that you've done something philosophical. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a funny... I think it is a funny time to be British. I really do. Cause yeah. There's so little future, but there's just... Other, than when, we, the other than when we reap the consequences of all of these decisions <laughs> that we're making. It is funny to, to, to see what's happening. It's funny. It's almost the... Yeah, the way in which we do it yeah. is funny as heck, yeah. but the consequences are going to be horrendous. Because there's so much wild shit that's happened worldwide, but so much specifically in the UK. I've even found, like, normally films and, like, stuff normally dates maybe like 10 years after it's made or like 15 years. What's weird about how mad the last four years have been, basically from Brexit onwards, Mm. Brexit, Trump, um, coronavirus, all of that together is just some of the wildest shit that's happened in four years. If I watch a film from 2015, Mm. it immediately seems dated. Yeah. Because immediately it just seems... Well, because so much of art has had to, as a, as a response to culture, has had to change so dramatically. Because mm. there's a big thing about satire. And like with Trump now, with the existence of Trump and to a certain extent Boris Johnson, is that it's just not possible to satirize anymore. Because oh, yeah. politicians are self-satirizing entities that you can't take the piss out of because everything that they're doing in the media and in their general day-to-day life is just now satire That's why itself. satire's wank. Like, the satire was at That's its That's why best. satire's wank. It, it's, <laughs> it's why the sat. Have you seen, like, the fucking, like, things like the Mash Report and stuff? It just doesn't hit right because it's like... It, or like even Have I Got News For You which I used to watch as a kid and used to be hilarious because yeah. it used to be during the Blair it's, like, it's iconic yeah Blair it's, is the perfect guy to satirize because it was when all the major parties all believed the same thing so it was just a, a parade yeah. where you're all just trying to find weird differences that's dream satire because you add stuff on now there's, no, there's nothing you can say there's nothing you can say but with Blair Blair is the perfect guy to satirise and that's where you get stuff like the thick of it coming mm. in because with Blairite politics and all of this jazz and, and, and stuff is that <coughs> he brought in the idea of spin and media yeah. and media manipulation. So there, there's something when there's such a chaos behind the scenes whilst trying to create the perfect presentation of a politis- political image in front of the scenes. Yeah. There's so much potential for comedy about working out what's happening in between. But With now, Trump, everything's just laid there's bare. No, there's no. Everything's laid bare. There's no guessing what's happening <laughs> yeah. because he's tweeting it. So no one can do any satire because yeah. you can't one you can't exaggerate it and two there's nothing there's nothing hidden anymore. Yeah. And it is just incredible that people are so furious about Trump uh, and in it just p- proves how democracy is broken with it's like the champion who has been chosen is Joe Biden. It's just it's just brilliant. It's just it's just brilliant that <laughs> all all oh. a huge um, percentage so of the population old. are desperate to get rid of Trump. He's really old. And the amount of vested interest where people are so desperate to get rid of Trump 
and all that can be mustered through democracy because was I Joe think, Biden. I think that's because people are pa- people panic. So like when you've got such a fringe man in power, you kind of want to choose the like someone who isn't controversial in the slightest, although he is incredibly controversial. But because he seems old, and he was with, he was vi- Obama's vice president, yeah. So he seems non-controversial. He's smiley as well. He's a smiley old jovial hey. man. He's so old though. Like <laughs> I I know tr- Trump. That's sleepy Biden. <laughs> That's fucking. It's not. I'm not peddling the Trump line, but he is a very old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's quite a lot of interviews of him. Just, yeah. It looks like he's forgetting where he is, <laughs> and I feel like America are panicking because they want to get him out. Yeah. But then, they, so they choose someone that seems safe. Yeah. But in reality, he's just old. Yeah. He's just. He's, they're choosing someone who's been around for a long time, but he's just old. But that's what he's an old man. That is a weird thing about Western democracy is it's implied that whoever's in charge has been chosen by the people. That's sort of the basis of democracy yeah. is that it's like you've chosen the best person for the job. Polit- that, like that's what most people They've think. They've won the, the argument. They've won the argument. So it does put a hilarious thing that whoever you choose, it's just f- funny thinking that that's the best that we could choose. <laughs> in, like a, in like a failed yeah, state. So this with, is what we've got. Yeah. In like a failed state with like a eccentric dictator, no matter how fucking crazy that person is, it's not, a reflection of the people because they didn't choose him he just stayed there uh, via military coup and yeah. it's just because he's he doesn't let anyone vote him out but when we have like shit leaders like Boris Johnson like Donald Trump like it really feels like just pushing them like, onto a stage pi- where they pi- have to prepared for <laughs> and we chose uh, him <laughs> bright light shining on their face um. this is the best we could do there's, 300, there's 370 million people in America and Joe Biden's the, the, Joe the Biden, champion the man. the man you know when two armies are facing off against each other and they used to try and like let's settle this by putting our champions against each other yeah like joe Brad, biden like gets put, in Troy. <laughs> yeah like exactly joe biden gets joe biden's our brad pitt <laughs> he's he's our achilles or more like our achilles heel oh wow wow so you don't get that you don't get that you don't get that on your normal podcast i do you? normal podcast um but speaking of speaking of holidays yeah should we should i do you want me to rattle off as there's a nice little um uh, it wasn't actually. It's not. We're, we're doing a Brits abroad theme. I sure. Guess, but, yeah. Uh, this is. That's more, the general motif of the the episode. But if we loosely translate that into general holidaying, yeah. Um, there is something hilarious about uh, a family holiday. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it's just something about vulnerability we yeah. were talking about uh, yesterday. Yeah, because I think that um, what is interesting about holidays is I read this quite interesting article about how like we shouldn't judge people like like whenever politicians go on holiday there's always a huge furore like david cameron going to like a tax exile island and like well uh, politicians aren't allowed to relax yeah so like whenever politicians go to holiday and you find out where it is there's always like a tabloid storm about it and i read this article it's like we, we shouldn't judge them as to where they go to holidays but it does say everything we need to know about them yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So wherever they yeah. go, it does epitomise. So what does a politician holiday in Greece say about you? Say about the politician? Well, there's no politician holiday in Greece. But okay. you're saying if if they were to, where's a classic politician's holiday destination? Well, there's it, not a lot of the time. It is going uh, if they're like um, Boris Johnson, they'll go to like a, a Richard Branson's island or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that okay. says everything we need to know. Oh, absolutely. About how they're. You Where know, did Corbyn holiday? Corbyn probably holidayed in his allotment. He did a holiday. He was on his he, hands he and knees, like crawling Dorset. around London, picking up everyone's trash. Yeah, but that, that, for example, uh, he probably went somewhere like Dorset, like knowing Corbyn, or yeah. like somewhere just like not Devin. exciting at all. And then the the right wing would jump on that, saying, you know, in the same way he's got jump, no imagination. He's got no imagination. <laughs> he, you know, <laughs> but it does tell you everything you need to know where you go on holiday. Like I, I feel if I just think there's something hilariously vulnerable about relaxing on holiday. It's like the, not traveling. Traveling, you can still work as being like um, kind of interesting and like it doesn't, uh, it's, it's not it's embarrassing. It's mind expansion. Yeah, it's mind expansion. You can post about it. I would never ever post about me holiday. The idea of me lying by a pool with a cocktail, maybe reading a All book. holiday pictures that exist on the internet of me were involuntary. <laughs> it's not, it's a really, um, it's a really kind, like I, I always. There's <laughs> something about slightly sunburned, a bit tad, kind yeah, of sitting like, there. It's weirdly hedonistic a little bit. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's I, like, you, yeah, I, I agree. You do have an obsession with anything that seems moderately hedonistic. If ever, if ever I'm enjoying myself moderately, Horatio always <laughs> pops his head in. It's being a bit hedonistic today. Having a bit of a hedonistic one. You're and a hedonistic man. Have you I'm seen how head- cheesy puts in his ham and cheese sandwich? It's absurd. It's uh, well, it's more that it's. I have a ham and cheese sandwich with aggressive with like half a block of sliced cheese on the side. That's that's hedonism. 
The amount of cheese I'm... I consume is hedonistic. <laughs> There's no question about it. I, I agree. Yeah, I don't actually... So, like, people listening, friends, would say, Horatio doesn't bring up hedonism that much. I do it with you. It's a more personal thing, I think. It's yeah. not like a part But it's, of you do this smile that's like... <laughs> that's a lot of cheese. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not about. judging. I'm not judging. It's a lot of cheese. Every time. Every yeah. time. I want to live in a house where I'm free to consume as much cheese as I bloody darn yeah, wrong, wish. Wrong house, mate. Wrong, wrong house. house. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong house. But um, um, what, what are you like on family holidays? Well, I've had a couple of interesting family holidays. Um, well, there was... So my parents got divorced when I was younger, year six. Probably about 12 years old, maybe. We're a big connection between me and Andrew is we both have divorced parents. It's, uh, it's kind of a miracle that it's taken this long to properly talk about. Christ, yeah. yeah. We used to bring we, it up all, We did a whole places. radio show where the whole thing was that our parents well, At divorced. least once an episode, yeah. there'd be something in it. Um, but so quickly, because I have to rattle off the story quickly in order for the... Uh, the I have to rattle off the situation of the divorce quickly for the, in order for the story to make sense. Yeah, yeah. And no, not to upset It's all shame. No, there's no shame. We're all, we're all friends. We've all spoke about it. It's all good. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's no stress. Love you, mum. It's all great. Um, but the, the situation of the divorce is that my mum cheated on my dad with our, uh, our best friend's family. The, the dad of that best friend's... Uh, kind of, we, we did many things together. She then cheated with him. Uh, with him. Wow. It's all chill. It's like, a, ta- it's like a take it's a break fun. article. Though. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and this, I think... But it's great. We're I'm fine. not a, I'm not a scientist, but I'd say there is a subtle link between this and the copious amounts of cheese he eats. Anyway, go ahead. It is a coping mechanism. <laughs> um, but so then they then stay together for uh, a bit. They Emotional. Actually, a very emotionally tough. You're 12 years old. I'm 12 years old. It's still chill though. Um, <laughs> they then move in together. Um, so, but for me, well, to be fair, for me, it was more like sick. My best friend's going to be my stepbrother, you know, not really, not grasping, really grasping what the fuck was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then I have an older sister and, uh, my best friend at the time also has an older sister. Um, so they took it a bit worse because they were older they and kind of understood what the fuck was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just a child. You don't really get it. I'm an idiot. Yeah. I'm a nincompoop. Still yeah. am. Mm. But they then decided, so there was a lot of uh, tension in the household this new household that we were fucking living at. Um, they decided the best way to work this out was if we go on a canal boat holiday in Oxford. Awful decision, to be fair. How many of us were there? Six. How big's a canal boat? Not big. Not big at all. So then... <laughs> That's such a bad decision. <laughs> so we then went up to Oxford for a week... On a canal That's boat. way too long. That's a, that's a two day, three day break. Me and it's a mini break is what you should be going. Uh, through. Uh, a week's a long time. Maybe not on a canal boat. <laughs> either. Maybe somewhere where there is a potentiality to get some space from another human being. <laughs> Me and my friend were sleeping on the fucking floor of the boat because there was no room. Yeah. There was no room. Uh, so there were a lot of. Uh, arguments were 80% of the time and there was a lot of I'll pull the canal boat over if we don't you know get on we didn't get on the canal boat was pulled over on several really? occasions but that's not like stopping a car that's there's not a like lot of because we're pulling over <laughs> like, Andrew, I'm pulling over this canal Andrew can you jump over and moor it you need to go back and can you just uh, there's a lot of admin involved in yeah. the canal boat um, and it was an absolute fucking disaster an absolute fucking disaster I can imagine um, yeah one of the most I mean, yeah, it was, there's, there's many reasons why it was unsuccessful. Um, but I think just all you need is the overview of the story of the, the situation we were in and the decision to go on a canal boat for a week. There was something about you opening locks, I remember. Oh, that was just, that was the fun part. That was the good part. That was the good part. That was, only, I looked, only... you, th- so, you know, in a, in a canal, you've got to go, you, there's differences in water height. Sure. So you've got to, uh, again, I've learned a lot from this. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah. Um, emotionally and about canals. Right. Uh, you, you go into one and then you have to like fill up the water. So your boat yeah. goes up and then you, you go across it. But I would look forward to the locks because me and my friend were in charge of doing the locks. And that was the only moment I could get any space from anyone. <laughs> it's just us doing that. And I live for that shit. Um, but it's all good now. We're all, everyone's fine. Mum is not with the, with the man. Did you speak to the best friend at all? No. When did that die off? Um, about a year after the canal boat. Really? I'm not saying they're linked. But they are. Uh, we're very different people. Sure. He was like a young best friend. Yeah, yeah. He's way, so too, he's way too nice. Yeah. He, like, he works at a charity. He's, uh, he's, a very, yeah, he's just not, a very he's lovely kind of person. Yeah, I was trying. I was I'm talking about this person. on stage. I was trying to work on a bit you said about you were just talking about my parents' divorce. I was on talking stage about your parents' divorce. On the I need to start going to your gigs. <laughs> to check what's happening. 
Um, no, because I was talking about the, you know, the concept of blood brothers. Yes. Um, and how. I saw the musical recently, actually. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. For Mom's birthday. I don't actually know what it's about. It's about blood brothers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's about two, it's about two uh, twins who were separated. The, the mum had like, the main characters, uh, the mum. In but it. are they are they blood brothers in the sense? No, of... they actually they're twins. Okay, so that's not what she can about. afford to have one, so she gave one to a rich family. Okay, so that's not the blood brother. That's actually not blood brothers. In my... That's not blood brothers in the sense. It's no. brothers by blood. It's, it's if we were brothers. to cut ourselves yeah, and go, and do we, that like we that. are bonded. You bleed into each other. Yes, and so like Genghis Khan did it with his blood brother. Yeah. Um. But he, you do it when you're like eight years old in these kind of tribal communities, which I'm just like imagine like uh, pairing yourself for life with your best mate when you're eight years old. What God. a fucking nightmare that you're would not, be. You're not ready. You're not ready to make no, that kind of No, of course decision. not. Like, I'd, be, I, I'd mean it would be a nightmare. If I was friends with my eight-year-old friend, If I had to maintain fucking, relationships, yeah. I decided we're going to be eternal when I was six years old. <laughs> it's not, it's not the one. Genghis Khan, great example. He had his blood brother. Um, that, the guy, um, when Genghis Khan was raising an army, he raised another army and tried to destroy Genghis Khan. He had to boil. Oh yeah, he had to boil his blood brothers. Did you cover this on another? Did you cover this on a boys' club? Um, I did uh, one. You on did Genghis, a Genghis Khan, Khan, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, talked about his. Yeah, because you never know what your blood brother's going to grow up to be, and it I could think, well yeah. be a mortal enemy in battle. Exactly. I, I just think any friend you have when you're six years old is a terrible one to like lay down long term. Absolutely, I've maintained none of them. So I had seen mum. I took mum to Blood Brothers yeah, for, yeah, um, yeah. for her birthday. My mum and my dad have birthdays like two or three days next to each other in January. Okay, nice. So I got them both tickets to yeah. see. It was the first time, it was when I started having a job so I could actually buy them something nice rather than... As opposed than, to a Drupon. As yeah. opposed to a Drupon, which did we cover last episode? Yeah, we did cover it We last, covered last yeah, episode. Yeah. So it was the first present I could actually get them. Yeah. So bought mum two tickets to Blood Brothers. We went, it was a lovely time. Bought dad two tickets to go to the comedian to go and see stand-up comedy with a glass of wine. Sure. Lo- essentially expecting, you know, maybe it's it could nice be a nice father, father-son bonding yeah. time. I give him the envelope, he opens it, and he looks at his, his fiance and goes, are we free that day? Brutal. Absolute I- savagery. I was free that day. <laughs> I'm always free. Because, you know, it has been a like, it, over the last four years, it has five years, it has, you have been kind of looking for moments to like rekindle that father-son son bond that absolutely so and like looking for moments where to do it and I just love that was the one that was the one you go to the comedy together it'll be a great time to get you out re- it's really <laughs> reaching an arm out and then just having it slapped away <laughs> but, but softly slapped away and then, it was a, yeah, that's almost worse and then the silent killer and then the just baby faced assassin looking into the sky uh, they had a lovely time and then he did I'm sure they did I remember them <laughs> oh my god then his he, Facebook post then he did a Facebook <laughs> post of him and him and his fiance that wife congratulations Congratulations, Bill. Um, on on Facebook of them at the comedy being like, thanks for a lovely Christmas present, Andrew. It, <laughs> it was it was his birthday present. It was his birthday present. That's so savage. <laughs> it was his birthday present. He got him a Drupon for Christmas, but which is a round of golf that he hasn't redeemed. He hasn't redeemed. Well, it's run well out. no one redeems yeah. any of the Drupons, in fairness. Um, but you, your family do have an obsession with musicals that goes fully against you and your character in general. I think they are the most detestable form of art on the planet. Yeah. I got drunk one Christmas and said that to uh, to mum, but that's besides the point. Actually, let's quickly. So all of my fa- every single one of my family uh, does uh, probably like three musicals yeah. a year. Yeah, they're a part of the they're like pr- a budget von Trapp family. <laughs> <laughs> I think their dream is for us to, to be coming down. Yeah. The, what's the what's the song from? Ah, oh, what's the song for Sound of Music? The Hills Are Alive. No, no, but the, it's the other one where they're um, all, you know when yeah, they're when all they're going down, in, the down the stairs. Um, Hello, hey, goodbye. I've I've been been saying that's the dream for you guys. Yeah. They wanted that every morning of us coming down yeah. in our pajamas. Yeah. But then they got divorced. All that so scene you in Step Brothers where the You guys know yeah. that seems to me reminds <laughs> me of childhood <laughs> memories. Just harmonizing, crushing at the curl. That's their dream, but I seem to be the runt of the letter. Yeah, you that. kind of are in many in some ways you are, in some ways you're not, but you're kind of like Mr. Misery Guts in your family, because they're all a bundle of sunshine, uh, singing musical lovers who really are the talk of the town and, and I'm in the background <laughs> and I'm in the background coming on podcasts saying I think they're the most detestable form of art on the planet but um, so there's they've got like a group of really good for their, like dad and mum's dad and mum met Met. Met in the musical scene yeah. when they were very young. It's very sexually charged, but not the oh. musical scene. It's not like West oh, End. Yeah. This is local theatre. <laughs> so this is Haywood Teeth, isn't I it? I think I want to keep it in, but <laughs> to, there was that when Dad was in um, <laughs> Full Monty and um, this is tying in the relationship with my dad and the musicals is that there, there's a really tender moment between... <laughs> 
between him. It's like a song between him yeah. and his on-stage son. Yeah. And I remember sitting in the crowd being quite young and I was like, he's probably thinking about me. <laughs> I kind of look at him, like, is he looking at me? He knows I'm here, is he? Yeah, he's probably probably thinking about me. So most of the relationship, emotional relationship I have with my father has been expressed through mm-hmm. amateur dramatic production. Sure, Amdram. Amdram. But they've all got a group of very good friends. From but it's local. It's local. It's stuff. local. It's Burgess Hill Musical Theatre and Operatic Society. That's where it all happens. Like the page. This, this, is, where they, this is where the carnage happens. Dad's treasurer of it, actually. Well, he's the big shit. He's like the. He's the big kahuna. Yeah, he's like the. Hollywood he's the leading superstar. man. Yeah, he's like the leading guy. But that's the pro- that's where the problem in, comes. Spits from. out his coffee. Too much milk in it. Yeah. Um, he's in the spends hours <laughs> in the dressing room. No, he's a, he's a yeah he's a he's, he's a diva. He's a nightmare. Yeah. But, but when you got that kind of raw skill for yeah. delivering mm-hmm. uh, delivering numbers from Chicago, like they're nothing. He does comedy, he does drama, you he name does, it. He's the dame in pantomimes yeah. recently. <laughs> um, he does it all. Well, that's because he's nearing the end of his career. Do you know what I mean? Because well, he's, he's lost a lot, a bit of the kind of youthful he's energy. He's not the spunky leading man no, anymore. No, so now he's kind of He's doing... the comedy part. <laughs> he's, now... he's the silly the silly older man in the comedy part. Um, but they've that part of that is 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 where this there's a tension because a lot of it, most of their friends are from the musical theatre world and all of their kids are now getting into musical theatre. Yeah. All of them. I'm almost the only one. I think the only one who's not getting into really? it. Really? So then with Bill, my dad, being the, the leading man, <coughs> there, I think there was an expectation of, you know, I've got a, his son is going to come and be the leading man as well. But now he looks at me like I mean nothing. It is, actually, that is a really funny thing is that a lot of the, the reason that, because it's not... Your dad loves you very much. Uh, yeah, that's not a thing. Up. It's all joking. He's indifferent to you. Is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. It's, it's not like there's any like fucking Andrew. It's more. It's the kind of indifference. And um, I think a lot of that comes from me, from, from yeah, not doing musicals. If everyone when they're raising a son, normally it's quite a conservative uh, thing of like I'm going to raise my boy. He's going to be a man's man. And if he turns out to be camp or gay or anything, then the conservative. Man. But the only instead, thing he wanted me to <laughs> he do. He just wanted you to carry on the bat. You was know, be the leading man <laughs> in the Burgess Hills production. <laughs> Of yeah. West Side Story, yeah. but I never did. Yeah. I never did, and I well, I've I've, I've flirted with musicals. Yeah. I've done a couple. Yeah, but I was always got put as the the silly part. Yeah, yeah. I was never the leading man. I, I can't see you being the serious. No, and I'm not sincere enough. No, you don't have. And it. they saw that from a young age. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, there's it's a uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting because. A lot of the conversations around the meal table now are like when it's me, my sister, and dad. Yeah. Like they just they slip into just talking about musicals. So I do have a very strong wealth of musical yeah, knowledge. Yeah, you, you whip out a lot of I whip out a lot of facts. I've fucking seen them all. <laughs> seen every one of them. Top ones, worst ones. Uh, the only good musicals that exist are the Full Monty. No, that's um, a good one. Guys um, and Dolls. Guys and Dolls is no, 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 t- fuck trash. no, no, uh, absolute garbage. Um, so Full Monty, uh, the Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon's great, Again, hilarious. But they're not doing that at Burgess Hill Musical Theatre Society because <laughs> it's too risque or, or a bit yeah. too. Wet. Well, they might do maybe. No, 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 no. I would love to see that. Never. But the, because, because they've also got to get like a half black cast or mm. like an African cast, which they just can't do. Yeah, because there was one part in the Full Monty. There's the there's a black part, and there was Dad. The guy who played it was the guy who worked, who was a waiter at Zizzy's that dad used to always go to. And really? dad literally just asked him, do you want to be in a Not musical? the only black guy in the Burgess Hill. The only black guy in Burgess Hill. <laughs> have you seen... Have you heard he the, did it. Have you seen he that did, film, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, or like heard of it? Oh, yeah, I've yeah. seen, I've seen That'd posters. That'd be great to it. make a new <laughs> the film. The Last Black Man the, in Burgess <laughs> Hill. <laughs> following <laughs> his story of joining Burgess <laughs> Hill. Amdram. Amdram society. <laughs> but that's literally how they got the black guy for the part. Like, he's game, though. He was, he was game. It, it, he was great. He, he, he killed it. He, he, he absolutely really killed it. And he's been in a couple of musicals since because once you plant that seed, mm. it will grow into a beautiful flower. Everyone should do a musical. <laughs> okay, let's let's let, list good and bad musicals. Good and bad musicals. So Full Monty's good. Yep. Um, so like, uh, yeah, as I say, uh, Book of Mormon. Yeah. Hamilton, everyone's jazzing on I about. I watched Hamilton. I haven't seen it. These, these are more Boring. recent ones. Didn't like it. You didn't everyone's like it. Everyone's mad for it. I really... Melissa loved it. She said it was fantastic. I really... I just... Maybe you just didn't get it, man. Maybe. I just, it really, I don't know what, it, it's just like, I don't know, it's just kind of, it's sort of like, it felt like a history rap. 
Which is like, do you from, know what I mean? From the clips I've seen, it, I get. Exactly do you know what I mean? It's like rapping about. It's like now I'm going to tell you what happened in 1066. The Bill of Rights, <laughs> isn't it? It's, it's just thing. making like, oh, history doesn't always have to be lame, but, but it's, it's cool. It's like Tanya happen like, like the new substitute teacher comes in. It's like yeah. history, like you've never seen it before. And 1776, there was a war. Everyone was poor, but we have to think about it. How America was made. <laughs> yeah, no. Learn your history, know your culture. Work. Whilst keeping it trill. <laughs> keeping it trill. Keep it, keep it, it trill, but learn something. Yeah. Um, so apparently that's good. Um, but the only one, Les Le Mis is the one yeah, that is, is, the, is held up. Yeah. But everything else is trash. Mm-hmm. Everything. The problem I always find about it is the moment, it's the, the thing that's really uncomfortable for me when watching it is that small moment of when you transition from dialogue to song. Yeah. So they're just, we're, it's like we're just having a conversation and suddenly, yeah, so I'll be talking, talking and, and then, then the next word I say comes here and then we're clapping. Everyone's happy. You're all so happy. And I feel it too. Oh, I love those ones where it's like tries to show to people in two different spaces, like two star-crossed lovers and like yeah. one singing like, she loves me, I love always him. Looking, always looking out <laughs> to stage right and left with a, with a, with a spotlight shone and then yeah. nothing. And then in the middle, there's the crew frantically putting together the next scene. <laughs> Was that an Amdram? In what are you saying? Yeah, because because in West End, <laughs> that's a good like, point about Andrew is like the the scene changes are not slick. It's not like <laughs> it's not. You can really hear the scurrying around, the clunking of the husbands of the husbands of the wives who, are, who haven't who haven't signed up for this but need to show an interest. David did the sound once. Really? You got marriage is about compromise. Marriage is about compromise, <laughs> and so if you have to, then put on all your black clothes and then just yeah. run around putting up scenes. Um, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I think we, we've come to the end of the episode. So as as per, as I think I'll make it, we, I, it's good to try and wrap up uh, conclusions. So if we can try and get the the motif, the th- what we talked about, we talked about nationalism. We talked Harry surface Maguire. area is becoming more important than skill. Yeah, in football. In football. We talked about divorce, um, um, indifference towards father, uh, um, paternal indifference towards the child brexit and brits abroad come from the same uh, historical consciousness and memory of colonialism okay so i'm going to try and do this every week where i'm going to try and get you to try and sum up um all the the, the themes can you try and bring divorce, in a sentence divorce no just in a, in a in a closing thought um the camera will cut to you uh divorce uh, so i'll just give you what we need to wrap up we need to link divorce um brits abroad colonialism um and musicals sometimes father son relationships are tricky (laughs) (laughs) sometimes father son relationships are tricky to camera yeah yeah i'm doing it's a fucking camera okay drew's final word sometimes father son relationships are tricky much like it is to once be a great power in the world there we go that's good and then lose that power now let me go again okay right so i'm gonna gonna give you a setup when it's uh so what have we learn today sometimes father some relationships are <laughs> tricky <laughs> what have we learned today then drew one more <clears throat> so what have we do you just got to trust the words that come out of your mouth and you, you oh, do, I, am. You, I, you, I did but you, you kept do, laughing you do do a thing which is when you don't trust it you go uh, 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 you just got to even if it's nonsense just yeah. say it with confidence yeah. as if well i was mean. i had it and then you laughed what did we learn today drew Oh, fuck, it's last. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So what did we learn today, Drew? Sometimes father and son relationships are tricky. Mm. Much like history, when you once were a great power, mm-hmm. and now you're not. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, everything can be solved by a good old song and dance. Thanks, guys. See you next week.